Hey friends, I'm Michael Kingswood. It's story time. And <laughs> it's, uh, as usual, I'm running late. Uh, so I'm just going to straight, straight into the next two chapters. We're continuing on this week with the Pericles Conspiracy. Um, last we left off, uh, Joe had just had her big uh, confrontation with uh, Agent Moore in the umbilicus tube leading to the Agrippa. And... Uh, Managed to overcome that, and now it's time to get into the ship, if they can. Uh, so we'll continue on and see how things are going. Talk to you on the flip side. Chapter 55. Pursuit. Rifle fire greeted Joe as she met up with Malcolm and Grant. She flattened herself against the tunnel wall and peeked out, and saw several men in black advancing quickly, those in front on one knee laying down covering fire for those behind. She did not take time to count, but there must have been a half a dozen of them, or more. The fact that Grant and Thomas had taken down half of the force was pretty impressive, all things considered, but not impressive enough. We need to get this door shut, Joe said. The men nodded agreement. Joe took a minute to look them over. Malcolm was sound and had his rifle. Grant was without his weapon and badly wounded, but his eyes burned with fury and determination. Joe's own rifle lay where she had left it, on the driver's seat, far too exposed to get to it right this moment. Joe pressed her pistol into Grant's hand, then looked him and Malcolm in the eye. Cover me. I'll get the loader in here, and then we'll seal the door. Malcolm looked as though he was going to protest, but then he nodded. Sometimes he was a very smart man. He helped Grant lean up against one edge of the door, then he took station on the other. Joe drew a deep breath and nodded. The two men began to fire. Instantly, the advancing troops stopped. Those in the clear ducked behind the closest cover they could find. The others returned fire, but was more sporadic than a moment before. They had to be careful not to hit their fellows as they darted out of the line of fire. It was by no means a clear dash to the loader's driver's seat, but it was only a couple of meters, and there would not be a better time to go, so Joe went. She almost got shot immediately. A plasma ball just missed hitting her in the face, but the act of flinging herself onto the driver's boarding ladder got her head out of the way in time. Still, the heat of the passing shot singed her again, twice in less than a minute. That was too much good luck for any one person. Joe scrunched down as tightly as she could, shoved the motor into gear, and floored it. Fortunately, Malcolm had managed to get the loader aligned with the door before he got back down to help Grant, so flooring it was all the thing required to surge through the door and into the tunnel beyond. Malcolm! Joe shouted as she rocketed past him. Nothing else needed saying. She stopped the loader and turned around on the seat in time to see the door shut as Malcolm activated the control pad on the inside of the tunnel. Or rather, in time to see the door almost shut. The two halves of the door slid out from their housings on either side of the doorway, but very quickly they began to shudder and jerk until they finally stopped with a half a meter of open space between them. Son of a bitch, Joe breathed. The door's operating mechanism must have been damaged by all the plasma bolts. Lucky they had moved at all, if that were the case. More loudly, she said, Malcolm, help Grant up here. That's not going to slow them down very much. Malcolm was way ahead of her. As soon as the doors began to move, he darted across the opening and almost got shot for his effort to Grant's side. Again, looping his arm around Grant's shoulder, Malcolm half pulled and half carried him toward Joe and the loader. He paused only for a brief moment to look back as Joe spoke. Then he breathed the curse and redoubled his effort. In a moment, they had Grant perched atop the driver's seat next to Joe. She had to squeeze over, and even then, he only got a very narrow bit of the seat. But it was the best they could do on short notice, and he had plenty of handholds. Hold on, Joe said, earning a nod from Grant and a look that screamed, I'm not stupid. She quirked an eyebrow at him, then hit the accelerator again. 
300 meters doesn't seem like much, but when you're running from a bunch of goons with guns who are intent on shooting or arresting you, it seems like forever. Or at least it did to Joe. At its best, the loader was not slow, a tad faster than the average man who was running. But right then, it felt like she was riding a tortoise, with a half dozen hares coming up on them fast from behind. She looked back over her shoulder several times during the drive down the airlock tunnel. At first, the only things moving were Malcolm as he labored to keep up. He gave up on that early on and just topped onto the loading ladder below Grant and Agent Moore. She managed to push herself up onto her feet and get over to the inner door's control panel, but all her blind tapping at it was to no avail. The door operating mechanism must have been completely shot because it did not move at all. That was good. Not good enough, though. Shortly... Troops began squeezing through the gap, and soon a quartet of them joined Agent Moore in the tunnel. They paused a moment to free her hands from the cuffs, and to grab her pistol from where it had fallen, and why had Joe not thought to grab it? And then they were off at a sprint. Well, that didn't take long, Malcolm noted, his voice tight with strain. Where are the others? I could have sworn there were two or three more still up. Grant adjusted himself on his precarious perch and hissed in pain as he jarred his injured leg. Probably going to the other personnel airlock, he said, gritting his teeth. Crap. Joe ran the numbers in her head. Airlock 2 laid a quarter of the way around the ring, a walk of a little less than a kilometer. But the troops would not have to walk. The loading rings had transport trams, similar to the inter-ring transport system aboard the Starliner itself. The tram would get them to the airlock entrance in a minute, maybe a little bit more. Then it was a short sprint to the inner door, then 300 meters to the junction with Agrippa. It's going to be close, Joe said. But once we're on board, I'll be able to seal the ship's hatches. We should be secure then. Unless they override it, Grant was always so cheerful. Joe shook her head. Can't do it. Safety interlocks prevent access without permission from within the ship itself. Okay, but they could. A plasma ball shot past, interrupting Grant's words and making him duck down reflexively. Son of a bitch, Malcolm cursed. Are they stupid? You can't shoot rifles inside an airlock tube. It would cause a breach. Joe glanced back again and saw one of the pursuing troops had lagged behind the others. He bent over to pick something up. His rifle looked like his fellows had upgraded him. Joe's group was almost to the outer door and the junction with Agrippa, just 30 meters to go. I'm going to need to hop off to get the door open, Joe said to Grant. Can you drive this thing with your leg? He took a second or so to answer, considering, then he nodded. Good. Joe shot him a half smile. Looks like you're coming with us after all. He disgrunted and scowled. Fifteen meters. Ten. Five. Joe stopped the loader and hopped off. She'd not bother with the ladder. It would be too much trouble to dislodge the man. And besides, it was not that far of a drop. Nothing she had not done before. So naturally, she rolled her ankle painfully as she landed. Damn it, she muttered. She may have broken something. Or had she just sprained it? No time to worry about it now. She forced herself to push past the pain and limped over to the control panel. Moment of truth. Again. She swiped her hollow card and entered the code again. The screen flashed red. Then a fake-sounding female voice said, Access denied. Ah, hell. What's the problem? Malcolm asked. Joe tried again. Maybe she had mistyped. Access denied. Son of a bitch, Joe said, for what felt like the hundredth time today. Their text must have seen the code I used back there and changed it, or removed its access. Isn't there a backup? Grant asked. Joe scowled. Just Agrippa's internal codes. I'm not sure if they'll work out here or not. The two men looked at her flatly. Right. Only way she could find out. 
Joe replaced her personal holocard and pulled the other one, the one that IT had made specifically for Agrippa's network, from her pocket. She took a deep breath, then swiped it and entered the code. There was a long pause. Too long. Damn it, it wasn't going to work. Then there was an electronic beep and the screen flashed green. The same voice said, Welcome aboard. Enjoy your flight. The door began to open. They were in. Chapter 56 Agrippa The relief Joe felt as she closed Agrippa's inner airlock door was palpable, like she'd been carrying a couple tons and suddenly threw them off. It only lasted a second. There were still a thousand things that could go wrong, not the least of which involved the other troops boarding Agrippa through the second personnel access airlock. If they not just come in through the cargo airlocks, or the airlocks in Ring B, or if they were not already on board the ship, or if... Stop it, no time for this. Joe turned back to the men. Malcolm was helping Grant down from the loader, which he had parked on the far side of the airlock access parlor. It took up a good chunk of the available room. Joe was fairly certain they were not going to be able to maneuver it through the ship's corridors either. Starliners had a lot less interior volume than the station. We don't have much time, Joe said, in her best no-nonsense captain voice. Get the reactor started up, Malcolm. Grant and I will secure the ship and get us underway. Malcolm nodded, his expression focused. She could tell he was already stepping through the startup procedure, rechecking in his mind which steps he could reduce or eliminate altogether, how to best trim down the amount of time needed to get them up and running. I'll be in touch, he said, and then he was off, sprinting down the corridor toward the lift of the ship's hub and then to the reactor two kilometers aft of the rings. Joe did not stop to watch him go, instead turned toward the control workstation adjacent to the airlock doors. She brought it to life with a tap, then entered her access code. It had been too soon after using the code in the tunnel for it to have been compromised, or so she hoped, but all the same she experienced a moment of dread after she tapped enter while the ship's network processed it. No need. The command access screen popped up and she smiled with satisfaction. From this screen, she could access all the basic ship's functions. Some of the more specialized things, like starting up the maneuvering thrusters and the main engines, had to be done from the bridge, located in the ship's hub, or in control here in Ring A. But this screen provided all she needed for her immediate purposes. First thing, she shevered the ship's network connection with the station. There. Now no one from outside can interfere, or at least, it would take them time to do so. Until she actually detached the station's support umbilical, there would still be a physical network connection, but it would take an IT type a fair amount of time to force a software link. Or at least that's what Shawnee's people had said. Here's hoping they were correct. How long will the startup take, Grant asked. Not entirely sure, Joe replied absently as she tabbed through the airlock status screens. What? He sounded shocked, chagrined. What do you mean you don't know? Don't you do... He made a sweeping gesture with his hand this for a living? She chuckled and gave him a wry smile. A normal startup takes four hours. Grant's jaw dropped open, a look of dread coming over his face. Joe continued before he could interject. But we don't have four hours, so Malcolm is going to use the emergency procedures and skip a number of steps from them. He thinks he can have the reactor up in a half an hour, maybe more like 45 minutes. Grant swallowed. If he doesn't blow us all up. Joe shrugged. There is that, yes. Don't worry, Malcolm's very good at what he does. On the display, the remaining seven ship's airlocks showed red. All were open. Joe frowned and tapped over to security, then called up the video feeds from the airlocks and their access parlors. All showed clear except... Joe's heart skipped a beat. The troops were clearly visible in Ring A's second airlock camera. They were sprinting down the tunnel. 
less than 30 meters out. In a rush, Joe tapped back to the airlock status screen and hit the command to close airlock 2 and lock out its local controls. On the security feed, the doors began sliding closed. The troops redoubled their efforts, pushing themselves as fast as they could go. Come on, Joe murmured. The door was almost closed. With a final leap, the lead trooper hurled himself through the swiftly contracting space, landing inside the airlock a heartbeat before the outer door closed. On the security feed, he lay still for a moment, then he pushed himself up to his feet and rolled his shoulder where he had landed. Then he moved toward the control pad on the wall and tapped it. Joe smirked. Good luck with that, buddy. The trooper tapped the control pad again and again, clearly growing agitated when it did not respond. Then he turned around and stopped cold. Beside her, Joe had not noticed his approach. Grant snorted. Didn't think about the inner door, did he? Joe shook her head. Apparently not. She tapped the command to close the remaining airlocks, feeling quite smug for a second. We're not going to just leave them in there, are we? The smugness faded. Grant had a point. If they left him in there, he would suffocate before too long. There were no standard ventilation ducts into the airlock for obvious reasons, just equalization blowers. But did they dare let him aboard? He was just one man, but he could still make a lot of trouble, and fat chance he would just leave if they opened the outer airlock door for him. Crap. We'll figure it out later. For now, we're secure. We need to get the incubator and loader stowed, then get up to control so I can get us underway. Agrippa's control room was more spacious than on Pericles, but the basic layout was the same. Support workstations at the front of the room, facing the main display screens, and the command station at the rear on a slightly raised platform. Sitting in the command chair felt like coming home, even if she was stealing it. That thought did not feel at all comfortable, but she pushed it from her mind. Can't make an omelet, and all that. The maneuvering thrusters warm-up procedure took five minutes. During that time, Joe shifted the ship's electrical loads from station power to the ship's electrical distribution system. At this point, just the battery, but it had plenty of juice to keep them up for a while. And opened the shore power breakers. Then she secured the other connections, water, sanitation, atmospheric, and initiated the umbilical separation procedure. Very shortly, the only thing connecting them with Gagarin Station would be the airlock tunnels. She would wait for the maneuvering thrusters before detaching them. Looks like they're bringing in cutting torches, Grant said. He sat at the piloting support workstation and had brought up the security feed. The external cameras from airlocks 1 and 2 showed the troops bringing in a lot of heavy gear. He was right, those looked like cutters. Grant pursed his lips. They don't have suits. Doesn't seem too smart of them. We could just pop the connection and they'd be... He trailed off and looked back at Joe with a faintly sick look on his face. She could understand. It was one thing to shoot a guy. It was another thing to subject him to the vacuum of space. Joe had once seen what happens to a person out in space. She never wanted to again. The worst part is that the person would be aware, feeling his blood vessels explode all over his exposed skin. His lungs burst. His blood boil. It was a bad way to go. We're not barbarians, Joe said. Reaching over to her command control pad, she pulled up the communication feed to Airlock 1's external control panel. A soft beep indicated the system's readiness, and Joe looked toward a small camera mounted at eye level off to her right. Call your men back, Jacqueline, she said. On the security feed, Agent Moore, she had been clearly visible in the security camera, if only because she was the only one not wearing a helmet, gave a surprised jerk and whipped her head around to look at the airlock control pad. Then she walked briskly over and touched the control pad herself. The sound was poor, but Joe could hear the sneer in her voice as Agent Moore responded. Not a chance. Joe shrugged. It's your choice. In one minute, I'm going to open the outer door to airlock 2 so your man can leave. 
Thirty seconds later, I'm breaking the soft seal between Agrippa and the station. I highly suggest you have your outer doors closed before that happens. Agent Moore laughed. You'll do no such thing. Your reactor won't be ready for at least another hour, she replied, and we control the airlock couplings. That's what she thought. Coupling requires link-up from both ends, Jacqueline. Once I release mine, she left the rest unsaid. Agent Moore didn't reply, but on the security feed, Joe thought she saw uncertainty appear on her face. Grant cleared his throat. Not to tell you your job or anything, Captain, he said, but she's right, isn't she? The reactor's not up yet. Can we get underway without it? Joe smiled, trying to appear confident for Grant's benefit, despite the butterflies doing flips in her stomach. What she was about to do, well, was not anything she would ever have considered, ever, before today. It was just not done. The maneuvering thrusters will be online in a minute, and we have plenty of juice in the battery. We can get underway on the thrusters and get clear of the station while Malcolm finishes the startup. Grant just stared at her for long several seconds. That sounds... dangerous. Joe shrugged. It is. And that was an understatement. But so is everything else on this mission. Have you done this before? She paused. No. Grant's face fell a bit, and Joe put on a confident smile. We can't fully let off the engines till we're well clear of the Earth-Luna system anyway. It'll be fine. I'm a great pilot. Grant nodded slowly, licking his lips. He looked positively unnerved. Funny how a guy could face down a squad of armed men without flinching, but a little thing like getting underway without full propulsion sets him on edge. Joe snorted inwardly. It set her on edge. On the razor freaking edge, what she was about to do was 100% against about 15 different procedures and regulations precisely because it was so dangerous. Oh well. It's not like she had not violated an ass ton of regulations already in the last few days. Joe hit the comms control again. 30 seconds, Jacqueline. What's it going to be? Agent Moore did not answer. Or at least, she did not answer Joe. Her head was cocked to the side, and from time to time her lips moved. She was talking with someone, her superior most likely. 15 seconds. Joe began to feel a bit irritated. It'd be one thing if Agent Moore forced Joe to decouple and thus kill her as the ultimate fuck you to Joe and her mission. It'd be something else entirely if Agent Moore and her troops died because she was just talking too damn much. Finally, Agent Moore nodded and touched the control pad. You win, Captain. As soon as our man is free, we're pulling back. Joe blew out a breath she had not realized she was holding. A second later, her command station beeped. Joe shifted to the airlock status control pad and entered the command to open airlock 2's outer door. A moment later, the trapped trooper was back with his fellows, and Joe shut the outer door again. The station outer door slid shut, then a few seconds later, Joe released the soft seal couplings. There was a subtle change to the ship's motion, or apparent lack thereof. They were free. Almost. Well, Agent Moore wasn't totally beaten. <laughs> of course not. Uh, she's a determined lady, and of course the NSA is a determined organization, but uh, Joe and team managed to get the upper hand on them now, at least for now. Uh, so they're in the ship. Ship's locked. All the agents are off. We think. Maybe. Yeah, so we'll see uh, what happens next. Uh, hope you liked these chapters, and we'll come back for the next one. It'll be in just a few days now, since this was late uh, for last week. I'm going to get this week's out uh, in the next few days, too. And so we can stay on the schedule and uh, go from there. Of course, if you can't wait just a few more days and just a couple more weeks since, uh, hey, look, uh, this I've already done all the recordings for this week. This week's 
this next episode after this is going to take us through chapter 59 doing three episodes in the next three chapters in the next episode because one of the chapters in there was short and so that just leaves us with you know 63 chapters for total so four more chapters two more episodes after this week so yeah if you can't wait you know two more weeks for the story or you really liked it and wanted to uh, hook a brother up with a little money for the effort because you know how that works uh, go buy the book or come by my website, uh, join my newsletter to learn about new releases and stuff. Uh, become a website member, uh, which is like a Patreon thing, except uh, if you're familiar with Patreon. I used to have a Patreon account, dumped it you know, three years ago, four years ago, three years ago. Uh, when they started banning people, I said, yeah, screw that. And I figured out how to make a membership on my site to do it myself. Like a Patreon, but I control it. And so that's what I prefer to have people do. Uh, a couple bucks a month, help a brother out. You get some cool stuff out of it. Uh, go to my website and you can see how that works. Or just come back next week. But if you do, do at least uh, subscribe. Share this with people you like. People you know who like science fiction. And we'll... Uh, Continue on with a great story. And then uh, in a couple of weeks from now, when this is done, we'll get back to some shorter fiction. I've got a lot of short stories I've written in the last year and a half to go through, and which uh, will be nice to uh, just do a, a story a week for a while. And not that this, not that the Pericles series isn't interesting. Of course it is. But changing a new story each week can keep a little variety, right? Yeah, so that's the plan after we finish this up we'll do a couple months of its story a week and then we'll go on to uh we'll probably do the next gloomer veil book uh, outdweller which i my kickstarter campaign a couple months ago funded because yeah why not right yeah so anyway hope you enjoyed this uh come back next time until then don't do anything i wouldn't do <laughs> <laughs>